Welcome to the Akashic Musings Podcast. My name is Laura Mazzotta, and I will be your guide during this sacred experience. I'm an Akashic healer and teacher, and I've also been a therapist for almost 20 years. This podcast is your go-to opportunity for all things healing, inspiration, and empowerment. I will be sharing potent wisdom from divine intelligence in the space of the Akashic Records. For more understanding of what the Akashic Records are, I encourage you to listen to episode one or head over to my website at www.theakashictherapist.com. I'm so grateful to have you here, receiving the powerful energetic shifts that radiate through these messages. Just by listening in, you're doing your part to raise the vibration of the planet and fully realize our natural state of wellness and vitality. Without further ado, here's today's episode. Musings podcast. Today we are talking about suicide prevention. At the time of this recording, it is Suicide Prevention Month, and this has actually become a much hotter topic since the pandemic began because there have been a lot of people struggling with kind of being shut in, not having access to other people, or being really left with themselves and facing a lot of truths about themselves that they may have been avoiding through going out and doing a million things, keeping super busy, and getting distracted. So it's really helpful to know that suicidal ideation, which can be suicidal thoughts, like I want to die or I want to kill myself, or it can also be images, just picturing something happening to you or picturing that you want something to happen to you. It really exists on a spectrum. So it's not like a black and white thing. And it's really important to take note of where it's coming from because it's not, I think what happens a lot, and I know this happens in the therapy world because I've been a therapist for 20 years and you're trained to kind of look at it as when these words come out of somebody's mouth, this is the protocol that you take. And although I do think that that, that's very helpful for keeping people safe, I also feel like it can turn into a knee-jerk reaction and not really looking underneath it and understanding where it's coming from and what the person is actually saying because it just becomes this, oh my gosh, this is an emergency. I have to make sure they're safe. So um, we're going to talk about this a little bit today from a couple different angles. So one of the things that's important to talk about is obviously this spectrum. So you can have passive suicidal ideation, which basically means like, oh, I just want to die. Like, I don't want to be here anymore. I'm so sick of this. And I'm not going to do anything to myself, but I really just don't want to be here anymore. And this happens a lot for people who just kind of feel like really run down and like they're just, they don't have any energy left. They're done. They're depressed and they're just kind of like, ugh. But honestly, it's less of a risk. Suicide is less of a risk for people who are so depressed that they don't have any motivation to do anything because if they don't have any motivation, then they're not going to be even motivated to do anything to themselves. And I know that sounds terrible, but... That is one of the things that we look at as clinicians and as professionals in the mental health world, which is, you know, how, where is the level of impulsivity? Where is the level of motivation in this person, right? And 95% of humans have at least one passive suicidal thought in their lifetime. 
It's so freaking normal. So let's stop making this be like, oh my gosh, I'm so ashamed and I'm a bad person. What does this mean about me? Because when you get into all of that, it compounds the problem and it makes it worse. Okay. So it's actually better to realize like, this is actually normal. It's what I do with it that matters. Okay. And just like with OCD, you know, we have intrusive thoughts with OCD and this can honestly happen and take the form of suicidal thoughts a lot of the time as well, where people will get an intrusive thought where they're driving like, Oh, what happens if I just like drive my car off the road? Or what happens if I run into a tree or something like that? And Somebody without OCD is going to say, whew, I'm going to shake that off. That was a rough one. And somebody with OCD is going to latch onto it and be like, well, what does that mean about me? And why am I thinking that? And then they obsess about it and they fixate on it and it becomes a problem. Okay. So it's, I like to look at intrusive thoughts as kind of like this random firing of neurons within your nervous system that it just needs to discharge energy. The same thing applies for a panic attack. When you're having a panic attack, it's like this buildup of irritable, agitated, kind of a tense energy that's building and it gets to the point where your nervous system just needs to discharge it all at once, okay? But we don't have to make it mean anything. And that's what happens a lot of the time. And so I just really wanted to separate the difference between intrusive thoughts and suicidal ideation because they can really cross over and people think that it's a suicidal thought, but actually it's just this like random neurological impulse that gets released And it's going to have content that's going to grab your attention because it's not a test necessarily from your nervous system, but it's a way for you to kind of snap out of whatever it is you're fixating on, or it's a way for you to kind of snap to attention and allow yourself to just release from your nervous system, pay attention to your nervous system. Okay. So The other side, the other extreme really of suicidal ideation is active suicidal ideation. So this is when somebody is having the thought that they want to die, they want to kill themselves, and they actually have a plan in place. You know, like they really think about how am I going to do this? When am I going to do it? Am I going to write a note? Like they start to get more planful about it. And that's when we get a little bit more concerned, right? Is when they're actually thinking this through and starting to orchestrate and move this plan forward. Okay? So... Either way, we want to understand the person and the person wants to be understood because the most basic thing that we all need as human beings to thrive and survive on this planet is belonging, okay? Even more than food and water, it's belonging. So regardless of where somebody is on the spectrum of suicidal ideation or suicidal thoughts and feelings, it's helpful to really understand what exists underneath that. Like, where is this coming from? What is this an expression of? Because the desire is not actually to die and leave the planet. The desire is relief. The desire is to release themselves from overwhelm. The desire is to actually be who they are without criticism, without judgment, without expectation. And that's what happens, right, in this world is that we end up getting stifled over time because of all of the rules that we need to follow. Be socially appropriate. Don't say this. Don't say that. That means you're wrong. That means you're bad. That means you're a good person. That means you're a bad person, right? And we collect all of these this feedback from people around us and from society around what makes a good girl, what makes a good boy, right? And we internalize that 
and then shift how we show up and we stifle our own voice or our own natural, authentic, genuine opinions. And we're not totally ourselves because we're playing a bit of a game. And I'm sorry, but that's going to make anybody depressed and anxious. It's going to make anybody feel like they're trapped in a box. That's the number one thing that I have learned as a therapist of 20 years is that suicidality, suicidal ideation, whatever you want to call it, is entirely due to the fact that somebody feels trapped. They're either trapped in their rage and their anger towards something or someone. And that's a rare form of suicidal ideation. The more common one is just feeling stuck and trapped, no way out. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. I don't feel like I have any options, right? And they have the creativity. They have the passion. They have the desire within them. They don't know how to access it. And so it's being able to assist them with feeling a greater sense of freedom. It's being able to guide them and with really excavating what is it that you really want who are you really what could you do in this world if there were no obstacles there were nobody else around to tell you what to do and you could do whatever the fuck you want and create whatever life you want what would that look like and a lot of people who are at that point can't even think there that far ahead they can't even think about their desires they're so used to being disconnected from their desires But one thing I can guarantee you is that every single person on this planet has at least had one moment of positivity, one moment of happiness, one moment of joy. Take it, go back to that, identify it, sit in it, describe it. Who was there? What were you doing? Where were you? And start to just call forward that feeling because I'll tell you, if it's existed in you at any spark of time within this lifetime, there's hope. There is your window, your avenue to stepping further and further into what lights you up. And it can feel really dire and can feel really hopeless and helpless. But that's why we have therapists. That's why we have counselors. That's why we have coaches. That's why we have healers. There's so many people out there that are advocating for mental health. There's so many people out there that are advocating for supporting and helping humans become the highest version of themselves. It can feel scary, but I know you can do it. And it's a very brave step to reach out and speak to somebody because we feel very ashamed when we have these thoughts about ourselves or when we have somebody in our lives, even that's close to us, particularly a child or a spouse that feels that way because we can feel like, oh my gosh, I let them down or I'm not doing enough, right? But I can tell you that step of just connecting, first of all, is going to give you that belonging that's very life-giving. But... Also, it's just massively worth it. It's a process. It can take some time. But you have the ability to be patient with yourself. You have the rest of your life to feel free, to step further into freedom. And accessing and activating that desire that exists within you that always have, has, is life-serving. It's life-giving. It sustains your mental health. It sustains your physical health. I can't tell you how much momentum you will have in your life When you allow yourself to access that passion and desire, you may have had dreams when you were a kid. What were your dreams when you were a kid? What did you want? What did you want to do? What did you do that lit you up? Think back to that because that holds very valuable information for you as to what you naturally desire before all of the conditioning came in and disrupted and distorted your path and your thoughts. And I will also say I've been at this point before. I've been suicidal myself. I've called 911 on several clients before. People that I care deeply about 
And what I can say is that every single one of them was, including myself, feeling this way out of a space of desperation. And it takes baby steps at that, at that level. It's just getting from one moment to the next. It's allowing people to hold you, allowing people to guide you one moment at a time, one hour at a time, one day at a time, whatever feels best. Because one thing I can tell you is that we are all here on this planet to do this together. There are people out there who want to help you. There are people out there who feel like they have been of massive service to support you and they're honored to do so. And we don't think about that. We think about, oh, I'm burdening people. I don't want to stress somebody out. Guess what would stress them out more? Not having you here anymore. So if you are struggling with these kinds of experiences or you know somebody who is, I encourage you to dial or text 988 for emergency services and to speak with somebody who is trained in being able to support you, to keep you stable enough so that you can make those connections within yourself and within your community and within your family or your circle of loved ones, to be able to take that next step. Thank you so much for listening to this. I greatly honor you for taking this space and time to educate yourself a little bit more about this topic and to support yourself, those around you, anybody who could potentially come your way that's struggling with something similar. Have a wonderful day, and I'll see you next week on another episode of the Akashic Musings podcast. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Akashic Musings podcast. I'm so grateful you're taking the time to integrate healing at the deepest level. If you loved this episode, connect with me on Instagram at Emerge Healing and Wellness or contact me through my website at www.theakashictherapist.com. I'll see you next week on the next episode of the Akashic Musings podcast. Bye for now and have a wonderful week.